What is that? Oh, it must be time for the annual Censored by the Commission Purge. All offers will be accepted for the next 24 hours. Just a bit outside. I have no idea what's going on. Hello, everybody. Just a bit outside, Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball's very own podcast. Yes, a 10-team Fantasy Baseball League has their very own podcast on the World Wide Web. I'm Travis Akins. Welcome into the Week 11 extravaganza. Joining me as always, the co-host of this fine Anchor.fm podcast, the one, the only, Justin Deering. Hello, my friend. Uh, what's up, man? I know... Um... I know there's this option on anchor.fm when you post a podcast. There's a little button you can click that makes it an explicit podcast. Yes. We've, we've, had, like, to, we've had to I do just, that once. I'd just like to give you a heads up that we're about to do it again. <laughs> okay. Well. Because I am not only am I depressed and saddened for Mitch Hanegar's testicles, but I'm also just really pissed off about just my team in general and fantasy baseball. And it took a lot for me to turn off Parks and Rec that I've never watched before to come in here and get on here and do this podcast. But it's because I'm oh. dedicated to this league and I'm dedicated to talking trash about some of these owners in this league. So let's do this. For any pitcher, it takes countless strikes to cement a legend. But what if I told you that for one man, all it took was a single pitch? In my opinion, throwing out a first pitch is just a bad idea. Travis, it's my favorite segment, the one not about baseball. (laughs) It's the one that you give me free reign Mm -hmm. to find a story to talk about. And I open this story with, Travis, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Uh, Is it? Is it bad if I don't remember the last time I had a Girl Scout cookie? That's because you're un-American. <laughs> well, there was an Oregon man yeah, I, whose daughter. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. I honestly, I honestly don't have an answer to my favorite Girl Scout cookie. So there's a man well, in Oregon. There's a man in Oregon whose daughter sold seven hundred dollars worth of Girl Scout cookies. Was that a lot? This or. That's a, that's a decent amount from what I understand. This Oregon father filed a police report that he was robbed and someone stole the $700 worth of Girl Scout cookie money his daughter had earned. Brian Couture called 911 on March 6, reporting the intruder had entered his home in Forest Grove near Portland through a sliding glass door. When they arrived, they found Couture unresponsive, his laptop damaged, and his house ransacked. But after some investigation, Travis, guess what they found out? Uh, he set it up. This, this gentleman took the $700 that his daughter earned <laughs> while hitting the streets and selling them cookies <sighs> in order to go down a familiar track that we've talked about here on Just a Bit Outside before. He went and got an erotic massage mm. with that $700. Did he use the money to see a doctor after the cracked rib? Yes, he went. Yeah, he uh, Brian Couture. He pleaded guilty to filing a, a false police report. He staged a break in in his home on March 6th, and he was fined a hundred dollars 
and given 800 or 80 hours of community service and probation for stealing his daughter's Girl Scout money to take the Robert Kraft approach. <laughs> Travis, my question for you is, what in the world would you steal money from your kids to achieve? <laughs> what, what would I take? Um... Look, I'm not a I'm not a big Girl Scout cookie guy, but I am an Oreo guy. So if I was needing an Oreo fix, and my kids had a couple of bucks laying around. You know, I might, I might do a line. You may go yeah, steal I, their money to go do a line. I might do a Oreos. whole line of Oreos in one. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's worth the stealing. Yeah. yeah. This I, I would steal my daughter's money for the ice cream truck because the ice cream truck that rolls around our house is not your normal oh, yeah. like pedophile style ice cream truck. It's a legit business that does soft serve out of the back. No, of that the sounds truck. shady. No, it sounds amazing. It's soft and it's served out of the back of a truck. <laughs> Nothing that, that could be shady about that. <laughs> Travis, sure. don't steal. Hey. I, I'm gonna have to search the internet for three weeks in a row of massage stories, but You're I'm going gonna make for the it hat happen. trick. On okay. Yes, I'm going for the hat trick, and I just want to remind everybody that Carlos Correa <laughs> broke his rib getting a massage, and then did a 30 minute video hey, on hey, YouTube to deny the fact that hey, he was it doing was not fishing. domestic abuse. Remember that. But don't forget about my charity event coming up. <laughs> Because I still will have that. Oh, let's get to the week 11 big story. Yes, this week 11 episode of Just a Bit Outside takes us to the halfway marker. Yes, we are halfway through the 2019 campaign in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. And we will look through all the games of week 11. But Justin... We are 50% of the way through a very long baseball season. We sit in the early part of June. 50% of our season is complete. And what have we learned halfway through this season so far? Well, this is the segment where I'm going to start cussing. That's what I've learned. What we've learned is that our preseason predictions that we made meant nothing. Uh, we have learned that after tonight's games conclude, what many thought was the greatest offensive lineup ever built in fantasy baseball will sit in third place in his division. And what we have learned is that a team sits atop of the Rick Vaughn division that we did not expect, and a team sits at the bottom of the Rick Vaughn division that is sounding like they're starting the siren, as you heard in the open, for the annual purge of Censored by the Commish, which I can't say anything because, let's be real, if anybody offers me a bag of baseballs, you can pretty much have anybody on the Tigers right now. Well, I know that's not true. Factually, I know. Yeah, because you tried to scam me with... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, and we knew this going in, which makes the preseason even more, you know, makes it all the more fun... Because you have no idea. And this is one of the reasons I love baseball. I love the marathon season that is baseball. And one of the reasons I enjoy fantasy baseball to this degree. Because 
all the preseason, all the predictions, all the thoughts, all the things we put down on the digital paper mean jack squat, especially as we look now 11 weeks into the 2019 season, we can look back and go, yeah, you know, we didn't know about this. We didn't know about this. We didn't know here. You know, we start putting the picture together. And you know what? Sitting 50% of the way through this season, uh, we're going to, in 11 weeks, look back and go, we didn't know Jack Squat back in June either. Because things can happen and change, not not just quickly, but drastically in the next 9, 10, and 11 weeks as we approach the playoffs in 2019. I agree. I think um, it, the shocker for the first half, I think, I mean, Van Buren boys, Ebony and Ivory, both of those teams have um, been surprising in the first half, I think, based on what we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year. And Ebony and Ivory moving into a first place position with their win this week over censored by the commission. They'll hold the first place over there in Pedro Serrano. And this is a team that we're talking about that traded away Christian Yelich a month ago. A team that got rid of the highest scoring player in baseball other than Cody Bellinger, I think. Um, And we all sat here a month ago and said, not quite sure if that was the right move. What's it going to do to his lineup? It's done nothing. It's moved him into first place. And Christian Yelich actually is the highest scoring player in baseball as of right now with 309 freaking points before the all-star break jeez that's a lot yeah (laughs) that's a terrific point because look at the divisions and of themselves halfway through ebony and ivory van buren boys no one okay zach and phil and dustin i guess but you know you look at that digital paper from 11 weeks ago and no one was saying you know, halfway through the season, Ebony and Ivory, Van Buren boys, we're going to sit atop those divisions. You know, we ranked these, these divisions. We looked at who the, the top tier and lower tiers were. And now this Pedro Serrano division has a dogfight for that top spot with Ebony and Ivory, Wichita White Wolves, and Bolding Beavers sitting in that upper tier, that's that above 500 tier of that division. And we, we've talked about Phil and Dustin and Van Buren boys, it seems like, forever. And this seemingly has been the year of the Van Buren boys now sitting at 8-3, and three, coming off a, a, um, a really good week 11 to just, you know, for whatever it's worth in fantasy baseball, kind of a dominating, you know, statement-type game against Aiken's Army. But Rick Vaughn division now have – those Van Buren boys and full and utter control of this division, followed by the Beards of Glory sitting at seven and four. And you and I, and I'm guessing anyone else in the league that looked at this objectively 11 weeks ago, did not have Aiken's Army and Royal Ruckus sitting in the bottom tier of this division. This is just a... Wow, look at baseball and all of its glory 11 weeks into this. We did not predict this, and this is why you have to love this game. And as you've reminded me multiple times over the last month as I have slowly declined my interest in my team, (laughs) um, this is the way baseball go. Um, that's how baseball go or whatever Ron Washington said between bumps of cocaine. Um, Wow, I just went dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 
I still want to go back to the points against. I know people are like it's head to head, whatever, but points against. I I fully um, I I'm aware that my team sucks, but we have the most points against. I'm not talking about me here, but looking at Wichita White Wolves, who sits in second place now versus Ebony and Ivory. Chris has ran up against every team on a good week. It seems like he is points against is over 450 points more than the points against for Ebony and Ivory. Van Buren boys, 700 points back. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, that's how head-to-head works, and I'm not discounting any wins or losses these teams have had, but it just kind of sucks to watch a team throw up over 3,000 points or close to 3,000 points and still be below 500. That's just my personal bias because it's my team I'm talking about. But, um, I mean, for Chris, he is officially into that that thing we talked about last week where he's the highest point getter, but he's negative when it comes to points total, like points against, that kind of stuff. It's just – it's a weird season, man, and – and I'm here for it. Well, and, you know, I'll push back against the phrase. It's a weird season. I think it's just baseball. And, it, you know, one of the things that I will always stand up for in a head-to-head fantasy league against a rotisserie uh, type league is, is the element of just head-to-head, week-to-week, luck-of-the-draw competition when it comes to the fantasy uh, fantasy baseball world. And so, yes, right? Los Tigers have had some pretty unlucky bad breaks when it comes to the head-to-head luck of the draw schedule of 2019. But let's go back 11 weeks. None of us, no one could have predicted some of those you know, bad breaks, luck of the draw stuff, and none of us can predict what it's going to look like 11 weeks from now. But the fact, and you brought this up, Justin, you know, uh, Wichita White Wolves lead all of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball in total fantasy points. They also lead, lead the league and fantasy points per game at just shy of four and a half uh, point fantasy points per game, kind of this averaging of your total points. Los Tigris sits at third place at that fantasy points per game category, which is only uh, slightly behind Beards of Glory. And that's not how things have 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 kind of uh, shook out for the season, but it says one thing that those rosters are soundly constructed. But you you're playing baseball, and basically, you know, the best team isn't always going to be the best team when it comes to head to head competition, injuries, pitchers, you know, all those kinds of things. And to me, that element. Uh, that's the fun element because it keeps me engaged and paying attention even when I'm losing a game by, oh, 101 points in week 11. Uh, I still want to see how things go. Yeah, and I I mean, again, I, I don't want to be the person sitting here sounding like, woe is me, bitching about my team not being, you know, winning the games they should win. It's just – for the most part, um, when you look at points, it usually it shakes out the way it's supposed to. Sh- it, it shakes out not the way it's supposed to, but um, points start. Uh, it, I mean, it they, it matches up usually, um, uh, and it usually you know usually see the team that scores the most points usually is in the playoff hunt 
or the team that has, you know, it's just different. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. And I don't, I, I want to make sure I'm saying it. I'm not just complaining on, I'm not complaining or saying this just because of what's going on with the Tigers. I'm fully aware that I've traded away three pitchers this season that have turned around and done really well when they left. I'm fully aware that some of my moves I've made that look good for the future are not looking good for now. But if you roll back through the podcast and actually um, listen to what I said, I said some of the moves with like the Chris Sale move would probably come back to bite me this year. But in the long run, I thought it was worth it. Walker Bueller hadn't done anything, but you know, since he's got over to censored by the commission, supposedly he's averaging 17 points a game or something. But I don't know that I agree with that because I've watched him play. Um, but I just I just want to make sure it doesn't sound like Justin's got a podcast, a microphone in front of him. He's just sitting here bitching about his own team. It's not that. It's just this is in my eyes, this is just a weird yeah, and, season. And you know, so far wrapping this the big story up here as we hit the halfway point of 2019. You know, fantasy points against that's a fine stat. It creates a little bit of conversation. It gives us a little fodder for you know for well, I would have won here. You know, my team. The what you really can control in the fantasy world is your points forward. It, it's it's the roster construction. It's putting the best guys. It's finding the right waiver wire guys because from season to season, now eight eight seasons plus deep into this league, it it doesn't always work out that way. There are teams, and we have had teams, and, and I think uh, going back to last season, where you know the league champion of Adol Fantasy Baseball had if not the lowest, one of the lowest points against uh, total for the season. Now, okay, that luck went the other way. Um, but what he could control, what Wichita White Wolves had going for them was an outstanding top one, two, or three points forward. And it put them in positions. And I'll say this to you. I've said this to you on the show before, and I'll say it again about Los Tigres. Yes, Los Tigres has a sub-500 record so far halfway through 2019 but i still believe los tigres is positioned for some w's down the road and that's based off points forward it's based off you know kind of looking at the subjectively of of you know the bad luck of going up against some hot teams on the wrong weeks Well, uh, you know what yes actually i was a little surprised by that one uh, we'll we'll break that one down here a little bit as we get into the week eleven games. But Justin, final word halfway through the twenty nineteen campaign. My God, good news, fans! Cuss word. The Indians are showing signs of life for the first time in weeks. As a matter of fact, they appear to be beating the crap out of each other. It looks like Willie Hayes is trying to hit Rick Vaughn, and why not? Everybody else in the league does. He swings and misses. I don't know, Monty. It looks like Bond's carrying his left a little low. This could hurt him in the later rounds. Do you think anyone would be mad if we just played the audio version of Major League the entire time? Like just the movie, because that was almost the whole oh, thing right there. That was a that's long. That's Major break League clip. Two, and I, I love like, that. Is he gonna scene? cut it off? Are we rolling with this thing? When the bench clears, and it's only the Indians bench <laughs> fighting each other, and then the umpire throws the whole team out of the game. 
which I think would be a first in Major League Baseball. Week 11, Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. Justin, let's look at the games that were. Let's begin with the hottest team in Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. Yes, the Bolding Beavers defeating the Wichita White Wolves 290 to 242. Bolding Beavers, let's say this together. Five game winning streak. Can you believe it? The team that, you know, I I think it's fair to say kind of got off to a rough early going in 2019 has found their footing. And you mentioned Christian Yelich and kind of since that trade has really turned things around. And this is a week now five games in a row that puts them at seven and five in the season and in the hunt in that Serrano division. And this is one of those games that, you know, we said we were looking forward to. It's one of those games you circle and pay attention to. But honestly, this has been a bolding beaver week from start to finish. And I think it's time to applaud Lan. I'm shocked I'm going to say this. Um, first off, for those of you that listened last week, all 10 of you, um, just know that we did put out the Is Lan Alive mm-hmm. text, and we did get a response, and he's been fishing which fishing's better than baseball right now, so good go up, good up, good for Lan. Um, but he did say that I think his response was, I'm good, I'm just over here winning. <laughs> like that was his response. But what I want to applaud him for is he is he is stuck with some of these younger names that he's sat on for a while. And I think it's finally time to legitimately say Lucas Giolito, based on the uh, phonetic spelling that Chris sent me this week, Giolito has arrived. 7.2 innings pitched, three hits, two walks, no earned runs, 11 Ks, quality start, 25 points. But that's not just this week. He is 25 this week, 23 in his last start, 21 in the start before that, 28 in the start before that. 10.5 was a bad start where he still caught the win. 20.5, 21.6, and then the beginning of the season started a little slow. But that's not a bad eight starts there, averaging over 20 points per start. I think um, that sitting and waiting for Giolito to show up, is Giolito going to be what everybody claimed he was going to be, is finally paying off for the Beavers here. Yeah, and what, you know, kind of that um, stumble out of the gate, I think, for Bolding Beavers and – 2019 had a lot to do with the offense and since the Christian Yellow trade which land gave up some some solid pieces like an Aaron Nola but he gained an MVP caliber uh, point getting outfielder and best players in all of baseball and Christian Yelich but let's not forget around that same time Francisco Lindor came off of the IL and not just in week 11, but week 11 is a really good example of this. Those two players alone combined for over 60 points on the offensive side and Lindor and Yelich have become, you know, especially in these last five weeks, a catalyst for this bolding Beaver club that has not only stabilized their pitching with performances from Matt, from consistent performances from Giolito. Did I say that right? Giolito. Giolito 
and Scherzer and Cole and even Bumgardner of the San Francisco Giants here in 2019. They have settled in to a groove now that we've gotten into the summer, and this offense has really taken off. And and for Wichita White Wolves now sitting on a two-game losing streak, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some, you go on little streaks here. I think if you're the Wichita White Wolves, you'd like to see more than 242 points and definitely more than 80 points from your pitching staff. Uh, I think that's where things kind of just did not work out here in week 11. But I don't know if it was going to be enough to to go up against the Bolding Beavers, who had a very steady um, offensive and pitching performance here in week 11. I think if you talk to uh, me, the Carlos Carrasco, not yeah. to make light of that, that's a that's a freakish story. Whatever's going on with him, uh, that's got to be disappointing for Chris. I mean, who knows what the end result of that could be? But also, just kind of seeing, you know, the the ups and downs, if you will. I don't know if everybody would agree that Trevor Bauer's been up and down, but after that hot start, he has been. 16, 10, 6, 15. It's been back and forth each week. Um, and then, you know, it just wasn't a good pitching week from from a team that we have said all season long has one of the strongest pitching staffs. And, you know, in head-to-head, you're going to have that. Well, yeah, absolutely. Did you hear that? How that sarcasm there, how much I love saying that right there? In head-to-head, you're going to have bad weeks. Okay. All right. Just Probably seven me. of them out okay. of ten. But to that point... <laughs> Yes, that's absolutely true. And I know you're being sarcastic, but it is absolutely true. Herman Marquez, who is having a stellar season for the Colorado Rockies, one and a half points in week 11. Like, okay, it's a down week for him. You can't plan the the down weeks from these guys. And, you know, that goes to, you know, obviously Carrasco's uh, situation is a lot more serious. But, you know, even Trevor Bauer, as you mentioned, at 10 and a half, that's a down week and a lot of, in many ways for the Trevor Bauer of 2019. And you know what? It's a, it's a couple of slow weeks for Wichita White Wolves, but um, it's, they went up against a hot team and they'll, ha- they'll have to kind of re- regroup, I guess, is the best way of looking at that. Well, let's jump over to Royal Ruckus versus Beards of Glory. Beards of Glory comes out on top of this one, 268 to 225. When you look up and down, it was an amazing offensive outburst, even though the pitching didn't hold up out for Royal Ruckus. 175, 174 for them on the offense has been is has been a good number for them. But say it with me, Travis. This is the time we say it every week. The uh, pitching abysmal. was abysmal. 51 points from your entire staff is probably not what you want. 51 points for maybe a two start would be great. Jake Arietta going negative 0.6. Danny Duffy going negative 1.8. That, and then add in Jordan Lyles getting a 2.5. Obviously, the pitching went wrong for Luke's team on this. He was in Canada. He was hunting bears, probably didn't even notice. Um, But... Flipping over to Beards of Glory, Luke missed an opportunity because the Beards of Glory pitching put up 102 points, but their (laughs) relief pitchers as a whole put up 0.5. So, I mean, if he would have just had some good starts, he could have made up a whole start or two based on what Diaz, Holland, and Will Smith 
did this week. What yeah, you I think if you're Luke, uh, two weeks in a row of, of sub-100 abysmal, uh, categorized abysmal pitching, that's a little concerning. If it happens three weeks in a row, um, you know, if I'm the owner of that team, I'm panicking a little bit. You you just cannot win and be in the position that not only Royal Ruckus is in or and now Aiken's Army's in in the Rick Vaughn division, but you just cannot win when some of the guys that you are anchoring yourself in on the pitching staff, like Jake Arietta and Danny Duffy, um, bring up negative in the pitching category in a week. And now this is two weeks in a row, 66 last week, 51 this week. It's not heading in the right direction, but as we had, and I guess it's the theme of the week 11 episode. You just don't know week to week, what you're going to get from time to time. But if this is the trend that Ariette and Duffy and others are just kind of going to go through an extended period slump or anything like that, you have to be concerned about the second half of the season if you're the Yeah, and for Beards of Glory, when you look at this one, it was a it was a good offensive week, 160-plus points. Freddie Freeman with 34, Javi Baez with 32, and DJ LeMayhew, former Tigra, great to see that, 26.5. Um, just a good week across the board, and Colby just keeps putting up the wins where he needs to, and just he's made some good moves this year. I mean, Pete Alonso has been a good one. I'm, you got to wonder what how he's going to plug in that outfield. I haven't looked at his roster yet, but losing Andrew McCutcheon for the rest of the season, McCutcheon had been putting up some good points for him, so I'm not quite sure where he goes there, if he looks for a trade or goes to the waiver wire. Um, but Kobe's just got to keep plugging along and see kind of where things lead from here. Because currently on his bench, he has Carlos Correa with a broken rib from getting a massage, uh, Jonathan Shoup, and Mike Zanillo, and there's no – help in sight there for the outfield spot that is now open by Andrew McCutcheon because D Gordon's also down there on the uh, IL. So it'll be interesting to see who he takes and what, what he does to fill that spot. Last week, the uh, week 10 episode, a big story was points, lots and lots of points, not the case here in week 11, only two teams with 300 in the 300 point category area, six shooters, 308 points, taking out the uh, skidding Los Tigres, 229. Justin, you, I know you're you're down on your team and you went up against a, a six-shooters team that is now three wins in a row and, and getting ever so uh, close to being at a 500 team, now sitting at five and seven on the season. And, you know, let's look at Brady's side of things very quickly. This six-shooters team... Um, has some very it's seemingly huge swings, positive and negative, when it comes to the offense in particular. And this week's one of those, well, okay, this is the offense that maybe we expected at the be- 11 weeks ago. Yeah, and he's still doing it without Stanton. He's uh, still doing it with, at, with Sin Shu Chu and Hunter Pence starting and Brian Reynolds starting in his outfield. I mean, when we saw – when we saw, again, this is that part where he said at the beginning of the season, we said one thing and 11 weeks later, absolute opposites happened. We, we, this is what we thought Brady would be every week. Um, you got to love 27 points from his relievers. You got to love David Price on such a cheap contract getting 19 and one start. Montes was a great wa- waiver wire pickup and Hendricks getting 32 plus in two starts this week. Uh, just a bad week to go up against Brady as he put up over 300 points, honestly. 
And this week, Los Tigres, this weekend, Los Tigres made another trade. Hyun Jin Rao. Let me know if I said that yeah, correctly. Yeah, Street Fighter. Was traded to the Wichita White Wolves. Justin got a couple of prospects in return there. Why, why trade another pitcher? Well, the first thing I just would like to put out there that um, when Mitch Hanniger's testicle busted this week, we really felt like that was the straw that broke the camel, camel's back for the Tigres. Um, it this, broke a lot I, more. Just, just know the back. This is this this is year two of the Tigres owning the rights to someone with a busted testicle. Last year we had Jose Abreu, but obviously Jose Abreu was more of a man than Mitch Haniger because Jose Abreu played through the busted testicle. Um, so this is our second busted nut in the year, and <laughs> we busted nuts twice the two years curse. in a row. The um, most and- curse. <laughs> Free agents are not going to want to sign here. Um, they're going to hear about the fact that you bust your nuts. But with with the trade that was made this week, uh, two top 25-ish, depending on what website you're looking at, uh, pitching prospects. And, you know, I put in a call to my buddy who plays for the Dodgers, and he said he fully expects uh, Ryu to miss six to eight weeks over the next couple of weeks because uh, it's about that time of the year for him to get hurt. So I didn't feel like, you know, people are, you know, People still say, oh, you're, the Tigers have a shot at the playoffs. I, I don't know that we do, but when someone is offering up two of the top 25 uh, prospects, especially when uh, pitching prospects are few and far between moving around this league right now, I just jumped on a shot there to jump in and get that and see what I could do. Um moving forward and again just losing that one yes he's been one of the top pitchers in the league this year but is it the first half hot is it the second half going to be the same you know a team with the amount of points that i've got and you know i found jaco de who's done really well mike minor was a move i made but if we really want to look at it i got kirby yates and two of the top 25 prospects from chris for five dollars we're joined on Just a Bit Outside by Justin Deering, president and general manager of the Los Tigres team. Are you saying the Los Tigres at 3-9 and nine are waving the white flag on 2019? No, never. I mean, we and we're 3-8. Uh, we're and eight. You're 3-9. and nine. No, we're not. This is week 11. How can I be three and nine if we haven't played the 12th game yet? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was was trying to get... Just y'all out there listening, he's the one you send your money to to pay for the league, and he doesn't know what adds up to 12 or 11. But I do know how... And you already told me I lost, so you're already predicting I'm going to win next. You know how to win. Um, Let's move on. Do you? Let's move on to your game. Let's see if you do know how to win this week. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I let's do, jump over to the Aikens yeah, Army versus the Van Buren boys. Two ninety four. On, we are going to jump to my loss in just a second, but but in all seriousness, and I, I mean, hearing you as the owner and manager, or whatever of Los Tigres, you know, you have obviously made some swings here in this season already for the future. Is that what's going to continue to happen at three and eight in the season? The the phone line is open for anybody, just about anybody on our roster right now. I will say that. But the return, I'm not. I mean, 
I had conversations with multiple teams this week about this exact player. And once Chris's offer came in, Chris's offer was the top offer. And I gave each team that had asked about him in the last couple of weeks the same opportunity. And just because we're three and seven or three and eight or three and nine after next week, <laughs> we are open to talk trades on anybody's name on this roster, but we're not just going to take crap because that's not fun. And that's, I've never done that. I've never, I mean, I, I fully admit that I did that last year with Aaron judge and Cody Bellinger, but at the time, no one could have guessed that Cody judge and, or what their names are. Aaron judge and Cody, Cody Bellinger judge. would be what they were, but that's a different story. So yes, there is a possibility that, it may sound like a white flag, but it also could be a possibility that we're sitting here for the next 11 weeks and don't make a single move, which is highly unlikely for Absolutely. me. I realize that, but I'm not just going to trade controllable pieces on my team because I have made a move that a lot of my controllable pieces that produce are cheap and young, and I have them for a long time. They're not going to get moved for uh, One last question on this, and we can move to my loss, but uh, you said just about anyone who's untouchable. Who's untouchable on my team? Um, yeah. Let me click over to my roster and look. Um, uh, currently, Mitch Hanniger's left testicle is untouchable because it's in great it's in great condition. Um, I would say probably the untouchable person on my team right now. Uh, hell, there may not be a single person on this team that's untouchable, honestly, other than maybe Tatis. Wow. But you know, there are uh, for the be right package. It's going to be lots of texting with Justin this week once this episode drops. All right, Justin, take us Van Buren boys, the Rick Vaughn division leaders, defeating my Aikens army 294 to 193. Justin, tell me everything that is wrong with my Aikens army. Hey, before you do that, do you have a breaking news sounder? Mm. How about this? This is from Jeff Passan on Twitter, uh, reported at 914 that longtime Boston Red Sox star David Ortiz was shot in a burglary attempt in the Dominican Republic. Ortiz's father told that told them that the 43 year is a 43 year old is headed to the hospital. He was suffered he suffered a gunshot wound to the leg. Oh my god. Yeah, not to bring the but yeah, David Ortiz shot in the Dominican Republic. So let's move on to your loss. Yikes. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's just that's what we do here. We break news on the podcast that everybody's going to listen to in like twenty four hours, and they'll already but, know the news has happened. Yeah, but know this: when you listen to this Monday, June tenth afternoon, it's June 9th, nine twenty four. We broke news to you. Yeah, ten you minutes after the that. guy who broke it. So, Van Buren boys, 294 over Aiken's Army at 193. That is over 100 points, and that makes it the blowout of the week. Uh, I was really hoping you had some music for that. Let's let's see. (laughs) There it is, the blowout of the week. Travis, this one came down to you you almost having abysmal pitching. But you definitely had abysmal hitting. Under 100 yes. points on the hitting side. And when you have a lineup that has Trevor Story, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Bryce Harper, um, Jose Abreu, Gary Sanchez, when you have those names in there, you expect 150 to 200 points a week. 
like you had last week against me, shockingly. Um, but that's what you expect, and you didn't get it this week. So it was just a bad week up and down for Aiken's Army up against Van Buren boys who put together almost 300 points. Um, the Van Buren boys, though, it was all offense. The pitching was not that great. They outscored you by two. But 100 points pitching, you obviously want more than that. But their 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 hitting was outstanding this week. Yeah, no, Van Buren boys, they have a good team. And not only the record at 8-3 and three shows you that, their divisional record now sitting at 5-1 and one shows you that. Their points forward show you that. This is a legitimate contender. And, and I think 50% of this season is in the books. We have we have to acknowledge that Phil and Dustin have a good team here. And and Dustin's gonna make sure we know it by all of his text messages and all of you know all of his nice reminders. Van Buren Boys is a good team. And you know, just just shy of that three hundred marker, but two ninety-four, you know, you'll take that any week. It's gonna have you're gonna be in the conversation. Uh, for wins every single week, and uh, this Van Buren boy team, uh, it's I, I, I'm utterly at a loss of words. They're just a good team right now. Uh, also, I don't want to not give credit where credit's due. That text message that informed me of the breaking news was from the owner of Censored by Commish. Blake Mitchamore, and we're going to move on to his game now up against Ebony and Ivory. 367 points for Ebony and Ivory. To 273 for Blake. It happens again over the last five weeks. Blake has averaged 270 plus points, and in that stretch, he has gone 0 and 5. So when you look at this game, Blake again, another week of decent points and de- great pitching at 149. Hitting was decent at 123. Walker Bueller gives him 48 points in two starts. So that would be a little bit more than eight, 17 points to start, I guess. Um, but just another bad week of going up against a bad team. And again, it seems like that may have started the purge season for Blake. And we'll see exactly who's on the list of touchable and untouchable. Maybe that'll be made public in the text message. But let's look at Ebony and Ivory. Travis, when you look at that lineup this week, everything went right. But what sticks out to you most? Yeah, they're... Um... Ebony and Ivory on a nice little winning streak here halfway through a couple of weeks, two wins, eight, seven, and four. You know, I I think it's the pitching. Um, Zach obviously went out early in this season and did everything he could to restructure this starting rotation. He brought in Chris Sale and Aaron Nola to go along with the arms of Cindergard and Robbie Ray. And, you know, when you have the kind of weeks and two start kind of weeks that you have out of those arms, Cindergard sale and Robbie Ray in particular leading that charge, you know, Ebony and Ivory is always when those guys are on and that's always a big if, yes, I get it. But when those arms who are historically uh, pitching well, the, these are top tier major league baseball pitchers. You know, Ebony and Ivory is going to be in these kinds of games. The offense hitting the two hundred marker is, in many ways, cherry on 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 top here. 
uh, Acuna Jr. continues to just be phenomenal uh, all-around baseball player and having a really ticking up uh, for the Atlanta Braves and guys like Edwin and Encarnacion hits hit, hit his 400th career home run today. Was it today or yesterday? And you know leads the charge there. You, you know, 32 and 42 respectively. Hey, you know those are great numbers to have. You're not going to turn those away, but man, you, if you get a little less out of there and you're less than 200, that pitching staff makes up for it in, in many respects. And so Ebony and Ivory, um, there's a reason they sit atop that Serrano division because they're in most of their games week in and week out. Well, week 11 wrapped up again. Congratulations to Brady six shooters of Van Buren boys, beards of glory, Ebony and Ivory and lands bolding beavers. You are listening to Just a Bit Outside, an Anchor FM podcast. Say hey! Pully Maze Hayes here. Play like Maze, and I run like Hayes. That was the perfect drop to play at that point as we lead into the middle section where we also take a break from usually talking about sports, but today our middle section is going to be different than what I told you in the pre-show because I just read something on Twitter that made me laugh, but I had to mute my mic so no one heard it. Travis, I want to talk about trash talk. (laughs) I want to talk about some of the best trash talk that we've ever heard in baseball or sports in general. Uh, Did you know that Chad Ochocinco once wrote a letter to the NFL to tell them that they needed to make a new rule, and they did because of his arrogant letter. There was also, uh, obviously, the traditional Bryce Harper, that's a clown question, bro, uh, Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40, come after me, I'm a man, I'm 40. We've got a podcast named after that. Or um, Shaquille O'Neal when he said, I'm not worried about the Sacramento Queens, write it down, take a picture. Uh, Barry Bond saying, I'm not arrogant, I'm just good. That's one of his. Did you hear about the Max Muncie post-game interview today? Oh, uh, no. Have about this yet? No, since you are just... Writing the show as you go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So Max Muncy up against Madison Bumgarner. Max Muncy puts one in the drink, puts it over the stadium, into the ocean out there in San Francisco, and watches the ball. I mean, he pimps it. He hits it. He walks a little bit and takes off running. And then you see him and Madison Bumgarner as he's rounding the bases, jawing a little bit. So the post-game interview... The reporter says, yeah, when you hit that massive home run, we saw some jawing going back and forth between you and Bumgarner. What was that about? Oh, and, he, and Max Muncie simply said, Madison told me I, I just need to stop staring at it and need to run. And Max, and he goes, what would you say back to him? And Max Muncie said that he said to Madison Bumgarner, if you don't want me to watch it, go get it out wow. of the ocean for me. <laughs> So Travis, have you ever talked trash about Every one of your sermons? Week. I mean, you you get in the car and just tell your wife, "Man, there's no better preacher than me. I'm just that good. I'm not worried about the Church of Christ Church down the street. Write it down. Take a picture." You look at another preacher and say, "Clown sermon, bro." Yeah, you know when uh, when someone comes forward after a great sermon, I I'm just, I'm often just look them right in the face and I say, "You do better." 
or when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, do you put up a, a do you have like a scoreboard in your church and you just like point to it and they put up another number? Just like a tally marker. <laughs> I just I just tell them I'm looking around to see who's gonna who's gonna do better. I just Yeah. Yeah. Party pop. Then I pull out my t shirt cannon and I just start shooting <laughs> right, t shirts into the church. Yeah. And it says Travis that saved, right. saved me that on the church. Right. This is right up my alley. This is... <laughs> yeah, this is perfect. Play this one at church next week. Week 12 for Just a Bit Out, or for Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. We're going to talk about it here on Just a Bit Outside. Ebony and Ivory takes on Milo's Tigres. Aiken's Army goes up against the Royal Ruckus. Censored by the Commission takes on the streaking Bolding Beavers. The Van Buren boys go up against the Beards of Glory in a first versus second in their division. And then you have Wichita White Wolves versus the Six Shooters. Travis, as usual, outside of your own game, what's your lock of the week? This is a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I lean towards, you know, it's not as tough as I thought it was. Van Buren boys and Beards of Glory. This is first and second place of the Rick Vaughn division. Both these teams are coming off wins in week 11. So they are uh, they're in the right place, right position. Their team's seemingly coming off good weeks, which doesn't always tell you everything, but they're both sitting above 500, 8, 3, and 7, and 4 for the Beards of Glory. You know, this is another game. We said this about Van Buren's uh, boys last week against my army. You know, this is a game where Van Buren boys want to continue to dominate. I don't know of a better word, Justin. Van Buren boys are dominating their interdivisional games at 5-1. and one. If they want to continue that way, this is a great week to do it against a, a really good Van Buren, uh, excuse me, Beards of Glory team. And when I look at this, I'm I'm excited to see if Blake can keep the 270-point streak going and the loss streak going. And also just to see if the Bolding Beavers, um, you know, again, with the the bumpy road they started on, I guess, they're, do they keep the streak alive? Do they keep going? And uh, just kind of see if the, if the six shooters can build off of what they did this week and see if Wichita White Wolves – a lineup that we predicted would, you know, really just kind of dominate the entire time. And they've dominated points side by far, but the wins and losses and the head to head has not been, they've continued to go up against some tough teams. So it's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be a fun week of fantasy baseball. And again, the hotline is open for Tigris players. Yes, you are. But I'm not taking your crap just because. You will take the crap. You think I have an infatuation with certain players? Okay. I'm going to take crap after we finish this. this I've been sitting on it about 25 minutes. Oh, halfway through, Justin. We are halfway through the marathon. That is Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. You are listening to the award-winning, I think. Don't fact-check me on that one. The award-winning Anchor.fm podcast just... A bit outside. Good luck to everyone on their week 12 conquest. Hope you win. Hope you lose. Whatever. I'm Travis Agins. He's Justin Daring. So long, everybody. Hey, Travis, I listened to one of your sermons a couple weeks ago, and it definitely bumped you up the power rankings. Congratulations. <laughs>